A couple of things I want to call your attention to. We have a father-son camping trip, and even though I don't have any sons, I have plenty of daughters, and eventually there'll be sons-in-law when they're 30 or 40 years old. Uh, but I am going to go on this, uh, this father-son camping trip, and if you have not signed up for that, I want to encourage you uh, in, uh, after this worship gathering, you go back and get the information and sign up uh, for that. That's going to be a wonderful time. Uh, also, uh, we've started 5030. That's inviting 50,000 people uh, to uh, gather with us for Bible study or worship over the next 30 days. And I, I got to see many of y'all inviting people for, at the ball field or uh, at Lowe's or uh, in, in, in your walk of life. People you know you invite, people you don't know you invite. And uh, I had the privilege to invite, I don't know hardly anybody, and I got to invite all those people. So, uh, Y'all have to think about that. But anyway, I got to invite a lot of people this week and encourage you to join us on that journey. Here at the front, there are uh, uh, little invite uh, cards and uh, posters inviting people to gather with us on May May the 26th uh, for our special Honoring Patriots uh, uh, gathering. And that's going to be a very special time. Perhaps that uh, is an opportunity for you to invite uh, one of your neighbors or friends uh, for them to come and and, uh, encounter Christ at that Honoring Patriots celebration. All right, we're in the last sermon of this core series. Now, this core series is where we are uh, trying to discover and discern uh, the vision that Christ has for our church, both past, present, and future. Okay, so, so when we're looking at where we're supposed to be in 10 years or 20 years or 200 years, Uh, Over these past several weeks, we have looked at what that's supposed to look like. What does this church look like in 10, 15, 20 years? And as we looked at Scripture, here's what we discovered. First, uh, the core number one is that uh, we're going to be a church that exists to glorify God. All right? So, So we exist to glorify God. We saw this in John chapter 17 where Jesus said, Father... The hour has come. Glorify your son that your son might also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given to him. And this is eternal life that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I've finished the work. I've glorified you on the earth. I've finished the work you give me to do. So Jesus declared in John 17, he said, Father, I am here to glorify you. I exist to glorify you. And as Jesus exists to glorify God, so we, the church, individual followers of Christ and the body of believers called the church, we exist to glorify God. So core conviction, number one, we exist to glorify God. Core conviction, number two, uh, we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And uh, here the apostle Paul is writing to the church and he's saying, here has to be uh, your supreme pleasure. Where glorifying God is our supreme ambition Uh, our supreme pleasure is God's pleasure. So core conviction number two, our church finds its greatest pleasure in God's pleasure. Say in a different way, we exist to make God smile. All right. So, so second Corinthians chapter five, verses nine and 10, the apostle Paul said, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent to be well-pleasing to him. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, give an answer for the things we've done in the body, whether good or bad. So Paul said, here's our one goal. Here's our one aim. Here is our supreme pleasure. That is to bring God pleasure. Uh, As we live and breathe and have our being, as we look at our church today and 200 years from now, we're going to be a church 
that makes decisions not based upon an individual's pleasure or a political action group's pleasure or culture's pleasure, but rather we're going to be a church that makes decisions based upon the pleasure of God. What makes God smile? That's what we're going to do. All right? So, so we exist for God's glory. We exist. To, we live to make God smile. And then core number three, uh, we saw from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And uh, this is our supreme vision. Uh, we will pay the price to advance the gospel. We will pay the price to advance the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, Paul declares, For the love of Christ constrains us, for we judge thusly, that if one died for all, then all have died. And he, being Jesus, he died for all, so that we who live should live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died for us and rose again. So Paul said, here's what Jesus did. Jesus paid the price to bring the good news of God's rescuing love and grace to you and me. Jesus died for our sins so that we might live. Jesus paid the price to get the gospel to us. And as his people, we live no longer for ourselves. We live for him who died for us and rose again. So we will pay the price to advance the gospel. All right, so core one, we exist to glorify God. Core two, our greatest pleasure is God's pleasure. Core three, we will pay the price to advance the gospel. Then last week, we looked at 1 John chapter Four, verses 10 and 11 or 9 and 10. I can't remember. 10 and 11, I think. All right, so First John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, where the apostle John writes, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son to be the payment price for our sin. Beloved, if God has loved us in this way, then we also ought to love one another. Jesus said a little bit differently in John 13, 34, and 35. He said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples by your love one for another. So here's the core conviction. We will love others the way Christ has loved us. And when we look at our church 10 years from now, 20 years from now, or 10 weeks from now, we're going to be a body of believers that is committed to love each other and love the other the way Christ has loved us. Um, So uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, we have Mother's Day next week, and then the week after Mother's Day, we begin a series of messages from 1 Corinthians 13 where we're going to actually evaluate, investigate, and apply Christ's love to our everyday lives. We're going to see how to love others the way Christ has loved us. We're going to take that from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So core conviction number one, we exist to glorify God. Core conviction number two, uh, we live to make God smile or our, uh, we find our greatest pleasure in God's pleasure. Core conviction number three, we will pay the price to advance the gospel. Core conviction number four, we will love others the way Christ has loved us. Now, core conviction number five, we're talking about our supreme vocation. From 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. Here's what Paul writes. He says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Stop. Aren't you glad? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things done. All things brand new. Aren't you glad? 
All the sin has been paid for. All the guilt has been squashed. All the condemnation has been erased. I am forgiven and free to live in the embrace of God's grace every single day, wrapped up in his arms of love, knowing his presence in my life. Aren't you glad old things have passed away, all things have become new? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Now, all these things are from God. Who has, reconciled us, uh, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were uh, imploring through us on Christ's behalf, we beg you be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. All right, so, so what's Paul saying? What's the big idea here? As a church, we, exist for, uh, we will call every member to ambassador status. We will call every member to ambassador status. You know what an ambassador is. An ambassador is someone that lives on foreign soil representing the nation from whence he came. And what Paul says is, as the, as the body of believers, as the people of God, we are ambassadors on this earth, representing Jesus Christ, our King. And that is not for professional clergy alone. See, here's what we've done in the church. What we've done in the church is that we have, we've made professional ambassadors and amateur ambassadors. But that's not biblical. We are all ambassadors for Christ. Now, the way Paul describes it is, is this. First of all, he, he shows this comparison. If you're a new creation in Christ, then you have a new vocation. New creation equals new vocation. That's the first thing. Now, look at verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You see that? Not he will become, not, not there will be a point at time where he Uh, might attain being a new Christian? No, no. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now look down in verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are, not we will become, not hopefully we will embrace it. No, we are ambassadors. New creation means new vocation. New creation in Christ means a new calling for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. New creation, new vocation. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you're a new creation. That's not an occasional thing. That's not just a, I'm a new creation when I get to church. It's a new creation 24-7 for all eternity. Can I say? You have a vocation that matches that creation. If you're in Christ, that means that you are an ambassador for Christ 24-7. You can't take this calling on and then drop it off. Here's, you see, this is is me taking off my calling. See, I I take off my suit, I take off my tie, get in my short sleeves, and and now I'm not in my church clothes anymore, right? I'm just in everyday clothes. So I don't have to to play the church game now because... Because I got my top and I mean, here I am. 
All right? So, so I don't have to worry about it because I'm, I'm not wearing my church duds. Take that off. Now I'm not an ambassador anymore because I'm, I'm at work or I'm, I'm on the ninth hole at, at the golf course and, and I miss a four-foot putt. And I don't want God to hear me when I miss that four-foot putt. And we like, to, we like to play the game, pretend like we can take off this mantle of being an ambassador because we leave the church or we're not around church people. But you know an ambassador is an ambassador 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the entirety of life. And you can't just take it off whenever you don't want to play that game anymore. If you're a new creation in Christ, then you have a new vocation for Christ. And you can't escape either one. Today, you've got a calling. I've got a calling. And that's to be an ambassador. You might say, well, Eric, you don't know my life. You don't know where I work. You don't know my friends. It's hard to be an ambassador for Christ uh, in the environment in which I find myself. And uh, truthfully, you're probably right. I, I, I admit freely, I probably have it easier than you. I mean, I, I probably got it easier than most. I, I'm a church person. You know, we, we just live around sanctified people all the time. We, 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 we play this game where, 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 where you, know, well, you know, you're a professional ambassador. It, it's your duty to be like that all the time. But see, I'm, a, I'm an attorney. And I just, I can't do that and have a business. Right, you, Eric, you don't, you don't understand what it's like at my school. You don't understand how tough it is. I, I, can't, I, can't, be, I can't be that Jesus freak kind of person at school. Really? I can't do that. Eric, you, you just don't know how hard it is for me. And, and like I said, you're right. I probably don't. Uh, by the way, I haven't always been a preacher. Just P.S. There, there was a long time in my life. In fact... For 22 years, I was not a preacher. So I'm 23 years into being a preacher. Oh, man. <laughs> Been a preacher longer than I wasn't. Well, anyway, um, I went through five years of college not planning on preacherdom. So I, I, I do have kind of an idea, but it's been a long time ago. I understand it's hard. It's tough. It's tough representing Jesus in an environment like you. And so, so that you might say, well, Eric, if you only knew how tough it was, you'd, you'd give me a break. And, and I would say, yeah, except for this one thing. God gives us all the tools we need to fulfill our calling. God gives us all the tools we need to fulfill our calling. Now, let's just pull it from the text, okay? So, so 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Now, all these things are from God, who has reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation. All right, let's stop right there. You realize that because God has reconciled us to himself through Christ, that now we live in immediate intimacy with God? I, I, I don't want to belabor this too much, but if... If you're a follower of Christ, then the very Spirit of God dwells within you. 
And friends, that's all we need. God with me overcomes everything against me. So I understand it may be hard to be an ambassador, but please don't say I can't be an ambassador. You can say I choose not to. You can say I, it, the price is too high, it's too painful, it's too tough. I, 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 but please don't say I can't because we can because we live in immediate intimacy with the living God. We've been reconciled to God through Christ. It means we have peace with Him. And if God is for us, who can stand against us? We are more than conquerors through Him who has loved us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Do you realize why those verses are there? They're not there just to make us feel good when the storms are raging. They are there to remind us that we have a calling to fulfill and we've got all the stuff we need to fulfill that calling. We've been reconciled to God for a purpose, and that is the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation looks at this idea, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling not just us, but the world to himself. You see the difference? Verse 18, that, that God was reconciling us to himself through Christ. But in verse 19, the, the, ministry, the ministry of reconciliation is God is reconciling the world to himself. You know, what's the difference there? Well, the difference is the part that we play. See, as an ambassador, we've been given this wonderful commission that as one who has been reconciled, I now share the message on how others can be reconciled. As I've been rescued by God's love, then I go and as an ambassador, I'm telling others how they can be rescued by God's love. It's where I enter into my work or my school or my play, and I have this idea that, that, hey, listen, I've been made right with God, so I'm going to help somebody else be made right with God. That's the word of reconciliation. It's where I do everything that I can to help somebody else see their glorious provision of a living God where they can have peace with Him through faith in Christ. I have this message to share. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about myself. I'm not talking about, um, you know, stained glass windows. I'm not talking about um, some, some sort of uh, uh, building. I, I'm not talking about that. No, no, no. When I encounter somebody that doesn't know Christ, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. There is hope for you, no matter who you are. And I'm a living testimony of that because I was where you were. But God reconciled me to himself. So I'm going to go to you where you are. And I'm going to say to you, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Can I tell you? Here's the message. There's hope. Friends, here's the future of this church. See, what we like to do, can, uh, let me just talk straight to you for a second. What we like to do is we like to point our fingers at all the things that we can't control and say, that's what's wrong with our church. That's what's wrong with our church. That's what's wrong with our church. We like to say, oh, the problem with our church is this or this or this. Can I tell you? The future of our church is dependent upon 
you and me fulfilling our calling as an ambassador. Do you realize that Christ does not talk about music in the church? Hello. He, he doesn't talk about music. But he does talk about you and me being an ambassador for him, being witnesses in our world. He does talk about you and me being salt and light. And yet we say that the future of the church depends upon whether or not we have the right kind of music. Have we lost our ever-loving minds? I'm not being ugly. I'm just trying to be as biblical as I possibly can be. The future of our church depends on whether or not you will fulfill your calling as an ambassador for Christ. Whether I will fulfill my calling as an ambassador for Christ. All this other stuff will be taken care of. I promise you, it will be taken care of. All of it will be. But we've got to get our heads on straight. We need to get focused on what we're supposed to be about. If anyone is in Christ, he is a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now all these things are from God who has reconciled us to himself. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Are we fulfilling our role as ambassador? See, when it comes down to it, the future of our church depends upon whether or not we Commit ourselves to ambassador status. Our commitment begins when we say, yes, I will represent Jesus Christ every day, all the time, without fail. I'll represent him. That means when you're, you're at your work, you're representing Jesus. When you're at home, you're representing Jesus. When you're uh, walking through your neighborhood, you're representing Jesus. When you're, uh, uh, when you're on the golf course or on the ball field, you're representing Jesus. You know Everywhere you go, whatever you're doing, you are a representative of Jesus Christ, and you're going to represent him well, because that's what an ambassador does. I represent Jesus at all times. And as I'm representing Jesus Christ at all times, then I I make another commitment, that I will advance the gospel wherever God sends me. I will advance the gospel. See, it's not enough for us to sit and get fat and happy over the rescue that God has given us. We have to be an ambassador that tells the terms of peace for those who are lost and empty and hopeless. And God will send us to different places, whether it's around Hampton Roads or around the world. He's going to send us different places so that we can advance the gospel. Remember, we have this message that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Here is the hope that we have to share. You can be rescued through Christ. And God sends you in different places at different times to do that very thing. You know, my girls go shopping. I don't know if you knew that. My girls go shopping. You know, when, when, when they have the urge to go shop, girls, I'm going to give you a little secret. Here's what you need to do. God gives you the urge to go shop. Here's what you don't do. Don't say, Daddy, I need so much money and go shopping. That's not what you do. Here's what you do. Daddy, God has just given me an opportunity 
to go to Forever 21 and tell people about Jesus. Huh? Help me, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Baby, let me give you 50. Dreamers. Uh, but, but here they go. They, what about you? You, you, you go to the appliance store, get a new appliance. We just had to get a new appliance. You go to the appliance store, have to get a new appliance. Do you know God's sent you there as his ambassador? Not so that you can just buy a dishwasher, but so you can go and be an ambassador for Christ in that place, wherever he sends you. My wife gives me honeydew lists. And I count those honeydew lists as divine mandates. <laughs> holy writ from a holy God. Not because it's not just because it's what my wife wants me to do, but because that's an opportunity for me to get out of the cocoon of 312 Kempsville Road, to get out of the embassy and go where I'm supposed to go, to talk to people about the wonderful hope that Jesus Christ alone can give. Friends, we're supposed to advance the gospel. We're supposed to advance the gospel throughout Hampton Roads. If every single one of us, just in this room right here, right now, if the seven or 800 people in this room, if each and every one of us would commit today, yes, I will advance the gospel wherever God sends me this week. I promise you this world will change. Hampton Roads will be different. But we've got to embrace the ambassador status. But not just in Hampton Roads. I mean, we're, we're, we, we, we have a team just got back from Southeast Asia. Have someone spent months in Africa and Uganda. We, we, have, we have teams that are getting ready to go to Malawi and, 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 and West Virginia. And, 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 and we have a church plant in, in Montreal. And I mean, there, there, are, there are opportunities that God gives us. And, and we're awakened to those opportunities. And we go on mission, living a sent life because... That's what an ambassador does. You're in the military. And you've been here for your two, three-year stint or whatever, and you get new orders, and you're going to have to go to Japan. That's not an accident. That's, that's, That's a divine commissioning from God. He's sending you to Okinawa so that you can share the good news of Jesus Christ, so that you can advance the gospel wherever you go. We need to embrace our ambassador status. I will represent Jesus Christ at all times. I'll advance the gospel wherever he sends me. And then third, our commitment is I will speak with passionate urgency to those people that God puts in my path. Look at verse 20. Paul says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were imploring through us on Christ's behalf. We beg you, be reconciled to God. Implore, beg, plead. Do you realize those are, those are passionate terms? Can, can I just ask you, and, and everybody just look this way just for a second. When was the last time you begged someone to be reconciled to God? That's what an ambassador does. I beg you, please be reconciled to God. After the last hour, one of the, uh, 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 
one of our members came um, and, and talked to me, and, and, and she was like, I got fired up. And actually, the person she was with that she's been talking to about coming to Christ and being reconciled to God, uh, she, she actually wrote on his arm, now! Started begging. Look, we need to lose dignity in order to plead with people, be reconciled to God. Look, we'll put more urgency in asking people to donate to, to um, fighting breast cancer. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. I'm all about that. That's fantastic. But we'll, we'll be more urgent about fighting breast cancer than we will about pleading with people to come to faith in Christ. Friends, we, we need to be urgent, a passionate urgency. When was the last time you begged someone to be reconciled to God? You've got friends that you go to school with every single day. And you're sitting, you're watching them go straight to hell. And you sit in your self-confidence about how safe you are in the embrace of God's grace. And you're watching them deteriorate. Living empty lives. And you act like you don't care. And you come to church and you laugh and you giggle and you play your church games and you think it's okay? When was the last time you were passionate, begging your friends to come to Christ? That's for the students. What about us adults? We're grown-ups. And there have been people we've been working with for 20 years and we have never said word one about Jesus to them. And we say we're mature followers of Christ. And we play our church games on Sunday morning and we laugh and we giggle and we shake hands and we go through our Bible studies and we do our little devotions and we get to work and there's that person that we've seen for 20 years and we still don't say a word to them. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. When was the last time you begged someone to come to Christ? Now's the time. I I, I don't know about you. I think time is short. I really do. I, I I think time is short. I don't think we have a lot of time between now and eternity. And we certainly don't have time to play games. Paul said it this way. He said, for now it's high time for us to awake out of our sleep. The day of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. It's high time for us to wake up and taste the urgency of our ambassador status. You know what our church is going to look like in five years, in ten years? We're going to be a people passionate, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, begging people to come to faith in Christ. Bottom line, we're going to live out loud for our King. We're going to live out loud 
every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're going to live out loud, and there's not going to be any spectatorism going on in this church. We're all going to be embracing this ambassador status where we see our calling. We've embraced our calling. We're pursuing our calling. We're committed to our calling. We have a grand vocation. It's not a homemaker or a banker or a lawyer or a plumber or a ditch digger. We have a grand vocation. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we beg you on Christ behalf, be reconciled to God. Now's the time for us, the church, to stand up and live out loud for our King, Jesus Christ. Let's stop playing games. Let's stop playing games. And let's embrace our calling.